Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, September 25, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There is a whole host of stuff on the docket. We have stuff from a timing perspective. We have stuff from a price perspective. We have a whole plethora of stuff. Let's get rolling. So we have the neckline to the head and shoulders pattern that we've been discussing ad nauseum. It was broken last week. They closed below it twice. Now here's the way we treat this thing. First of all, the whole world knows about it. So when the whole world knows about something, I become suspect that it's not going to work. That's just in my nature. So here's what we'll say. Closing back above the neckline of the head and shoulders pattern, for example, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next Monday, it doesn't really matter when it is, closing back above the neckline will take the official head and shoulders pattern off the table. That doesn't mean the market can't go back down later, but what happens is, it wipes the textbook pattern off the table. We talked about this last week also on Thursday, coming back for a test of the underside of the head and shoulders pattern is normal garden variety activity. What happened on Friday during the trading day? Well, you go back to here and you say, look at this, right around 11.30 a.m. or somewhere in that candle, they tested the neckline of the head and shoulders pattern and were summarily rejected. Last week when we talked about this exact scenario, it didn't really matter when they tested it. They could test it 10 times. I'm just telling you, they're not going to just fall away and forget about a test. They're always going to run a test of these places. What else did we have? Well, over the weekend, we had a tinfoil hat event. It was what's called the Autumn Equinox and it can, and it doesn't have to, but it can cause a shift in the market, a turn in the tape. What happened? So far, they traded down into the tinfoil hat event, and so far, after the tinfoil hat event day one, they traded up out of the event. So that's a fact today. We'll take it at face value. What else do we have on the table? Well, today is, or yesterday, meaning Friday, today, slash those type of situations. For those of you that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader will recognize that we were in an on-time type of situation. On-type of situation into a tinfoil hat event. And these are things that we talked about in the live trading room last week. We talked about them today. All these things get put together. You don't know exactly what's going to happen, but the more pieces to the puzzle you have, the more you're able to put together the picture of what the puzzle actually looks like. You get some follow-through on Tuesday, and they'll run another test of that neckline. What happens if they close back above the neckline? Well, we already talked about it. The official head and shoulders pattern would be wiped off the table, or as they say in the trading parlots, negated. It doesn't mean the market can't go down later, but what you'll have is a squeeze operation on the table. Why is that? You have to think about it logically. If the whole world knew about the head and shoulders pattern, then what happened? 
Well, a whole bunch of the world that knew about the head and shoulders pattern were shorting the tape when they got below or even before they got below the neckline of the head and shoulders pattern. And therefore, and most people will do it with put options. And so therefore, if they get back above the neckline and they start running higher, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have to have a cover situation it's called forced buying. It creates a squeeze operation on the tape. If that happens, before you know it, they'll be filling this gap at 438, 439, and the rest will be history. There'll be a lot of pies in the face in that scenario. I've seen this hundreds of times over the years. The more you hear about a specific thing, like a head and shoulders pattern, they start talking a bit on the interwebs, on YouTube, on the blogs, on TV, all that stuff. Guess what? The more they talk about it, the less likely it is going to work. There's one more thing that falls into the camp of traitor-isms. Plays into the whole scenario with the tinfoil hat event, with the head and shoulders pattern, with the on-time type of situation, and it's this. There's an old trader-ism that goes like this. Sell Rosh Hashanah, buy Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah was about a week ago up here. They sold Rosh Hashanah, and today, meaning Sunday into Monday, was Yom Kippur. Sell Rosh Hashanah, buy Yom Kippur. Bottom today, on-time type of situation. Tinfoil hat event over the weekend. Very difficult to be short into that type of situation. What else do we have on the docket? A couple of real things going on in the real slash fake economy. We have the automotive sector UAW strike. That's a big deal. The auto industry reaches far, high, wide, and deep throughout this economy. The longer they stay on strike, the more bad things can happen in terms of the consumer, the economy. It goes beyond just the factory floor you have supporting businesses around the factories, around the plants. You have a lot of businesses that support from a parts perspective, not just the plants. Parts perspective, the whole auto industry. So if everything slows down, then everything slows down. So if they cut a deal with the UAW, whenever they cut a deal with the UAW, who wins and who loses? Well, Directly, in the short run, the workers for the UAW will win and everybody else loses. Nothing against the workers, but everybody else loses. Why? Because if the manufacturers have to pay more to the UAW for the contracts, well, where are they going to replace the money? They're going to raise the price of cars. So it's another shift of who pays for what. We'll all pay for more cars. They'll be more expensive. And that money directly goes essentially to the UAW worker. Fair enough. Depends on how you feel about that. Those are the facts. We also have the phony government shutdown debate. You know, the one that usually gets resolved in the 11th hour right at the last day before the government quote unquote runs out of money. You're not going to get your social security check. You're not going to do this. DMV is going to be closed. All that stuff. Some of it's true. Most of it's not. I think the social security checks end up getting sent out, but they certainly want to scare the hell out of you. They close the parks, they rope off the monuments, non-essential services get shut down, but essential services essentially run. After all, don't forget, the government takes in tax revenue every single week 
of the year. It's not like all of a sudden one day they run out of money and they don't have an income. It doesn't work like that. People get paid every week, every two weeks. Tax money gets sent to the government. That gets sent to the treasury, all that stuff. They don't tell you the details. All they do is sensationalize the thing. It's what we call in the trading parlance, bullshit. Market will probably do better if they shut down the government anyway. I'm quite certain I say that every single time we cross this bridge. What about the weekly chart? Do we see anything material on the weekly chart? Well, in one fell swoop last week, they got below and closed below the 20-period moving average. That's considered home base, but they were riding it, so it was less important from a near-term perspective. And then what they essentially did is spike the former low, and from a weekly chart perspective, take several days, even could take a week or two, but we'll see if they, quote-unquote, rip it back up in the other direction. We use that trade philosophy, we use that trade setup in the live room almost every single day. It's the spike the low and rip it back up in the other direction. We're essentially taking the trade from the people that are shorting the break of the most recent low. Not all lows are created equal. It's not a blanket thing, but it's a trade setup we look for each and every day. What about the other side? What happens if they're not bouncing the tape up near the neckline of the head and shoulders pattern? What happens if they have a turnaround Tuesday back down in the southern direction? We've got some unfinished business down around 428, a little below 428. Might want to jot that one down on a sticky note. Next big time place below that would be just around 424. Inside the number members will have refined numbers that are to the penny starting at zero dark 30 in the morning. I'm just giving you a couple of big ones that stand out to the naked eye. What about inside the numbers today? The market was really slow. It certainly was a holiday as far as Wall Street's concerned. Half the traders, half of Wall Street participation really wasn't there today due to the Yom Kippur holiday. Volume was kind of light, but it's a trading day nonetheless. Market was open, so what do we have? We have the overnight crew that tried to bounce the tape, but what they really did overnight is put in a bearish flaggish pattern, so they wanted to give the impression to the traders, to the investors, to the market participants that they were going to go lower. But what do we have? The next short-term destination down south is the big fat round number of 430. They reached it right into the Friday close. It's a big time important number. It's magnetic. They like to fight it from on top of it. They like to fight it from underneath it. They like to come back to it when they spike through it. 430 is a big fat round number. We take it at face value. Below, we had that 428 I just talked about. They never got there. And then you had 431 and a little higher, 432.60, give or take, was another number on the board at zero dark 30. They never got to that one at the end of the day or by the end of the day either. In the spirit of being an open book, we'll see what we've got at 845. I was really looking for a spike of 428 for a nice trade setup this morning. They never gave us that, but there were other numbers on the board. You had a Fibonacci retracement number at 429.35. Talked about it in the live room, showed it to the room members. You had another tweener at 429.15 that also proved to be important, was actually supported during the trading day this morning. Get above 430 and they go to 431. You get above 431, they go to the next place. Just a progression of events, but it was a slow tape today. 
We had some just-in-casers on the board. We always have the just-in-casers. When we're getting ready to enter a trade, you have to know what if. All the numbers were on the board today. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. You can see 429.15, 430, 431. Those were the numbers today. No magic. We certainly think better in pictures, so right of the vertical is today's activity. And you can see they never got to my preferred number this morning, below 428. 429.15 was really the last stop. They spiked it a little bit, bounced back, came for a retest. This is where you're comfortable with. That was a retest of an important number. That's important. The low in this candle was 429.14. There are no accidents or coincidences. They went up from there. 4.30 was important this morning. They got above it. They came back to it. Got above it. Came back to it. They hung around it. They dropped back down to 4.29.15. And then they went up one more time. 4.30 is a big fat round number. It's typical. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart and double check the work. They didn't really do much else today. They basically stayed within a range. The last few minutes of the day, they got a little jolt higher. Remember, pause them. Read them, double check the work. What about stocks on the move? Well, we had three possibilities on the board. Keep in mind, earnings season will get started in October. Figure the second week in October, they'll fire them up again and they'll come fast and furious. We had HPQ, Tesla, and Nike. HPQ and Nike didn't hit their entry objectives. They're off the board. They're what we call no trades. Tesla, on the other hand, did hit its entry objective Let's take a look at the chart. Here's a chart of Tesla. They came into the number 238.66, spiked it by a few pennies, ripped it back up in the other direction. We had good participation in the live trading room today. We had profits made on what we call in the trading parlance, Tesla. These are the ones you love. They hit the number and they crisply reverse back up in the other direction, giving you the thing and then some. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they followed suit with the overall market, the S&P and everything else. They went a little bit lower today, bounced back. All that stuff we talked about before applies across all the markets. 174.70 is an outstanding number. We'll call it unfinished business. But the IWM basically filled a gap today. My number happened to be below the gap. The gap is over here. The closing price was 175.65. What's today's low? 175.54. There are no accidents nor coincidences. They filled the gap and bounced back in the other direction. You do have, once again, an active head and shoulders pattern on the IWM as well as the spiders. Now, the neckline is farther away in Camp IWM than it is in the spiders. They can get to the spiders one tomorrow in a flash. This one, a little bit farther of a stretch. Basically, just for chart lessons 101, you got to get above this, puts them into no man's land. This high here is at 178.76. Then they go fill the gap just a little bit higher. And if they fill the gap and they start getting above 180, all of a sudden you start talking about a back test of the neckline of the head and shoulders pattern. Yep, the same one that's been talked about ad nauseum over on the interwebs. What about the folks down at the transportation department? 
We talked about this probably two or 300 times. They had to get to 15,000, maybe not 200 in these videos here. Talked about it in the live room almost every day. They had to get to 15,000. They got to 15,000 on Friday. They were down there again today, reversed from that. Again, all the same market. Everything bounced up today. That's not out of the ordinary. That's garden variety market behavior little bit longer term view if you look at the weekly chart they've got to get back above that 20 week moving average we'll call it 15,300 and change that's what they have to get back to to bolt on another leg higher that would take them to about 15,700 give or take the Q people similar situation to the S&P the Q's everything made a new low today bounced back Again, below these moving averages, the 100 and then the convergence of the 50 and 20 all the way up here, this is a negative until at least they get back above that 100 period moving average. Same routine we just discussed in the IWM. Get into no man's land, fill the gap, and then you start talking about those moving averages again. If they can't get above the 100 period moving average and they just go sideways down here, for example, we don't know, but it's a what if. What if they just go back and forth sideways? Then they'll be putting in a bearish, flaggish type situation, and that'll be setting things up for another leg lower. One day doesn't make a reversal. Just because we had all that stuff discussed in the front end of the video doesn't mean the market can't stick here. Doesn't have to reverse for the next three weeks. Today, over the weekend, it was a great excuse for them to, quote-unquote, turn the tape. Plus... They always look for an excuse to screw over the short sellers. They really want to screw the put holders. They want to issue pies in the face. That's always an objective. Squeeze them out. They're always going to try and squeeze them out. They don't want you on the bus for the big move down. They don't want you on the bus for the next move down. They're always going to try and run what we call shakeout operations. They want to shake you out of the trade. XLF, same routine as everything else, only interestingly enough, below all the moving averages, all of a sudden, in one week, last week, one fell swoop, below all the moving averages, just like that, they back-tested the 100-period moving average today. If they stay below all the moving averages, that's just a trend-is-your-friend, negative situation, crap-out-the-window type of situation. Same routine on the weekly chart. Just like that, below the 50 and 20 period moving average in one week, negative result. You look at the monthly chart, you have to look at things from a bunch of different perspectives. Can this just be a pullback, riding the 20 month moving average, and can they go up again next month or even by the end of this month? Sure, there's nothing that says they can't. They're running a test of the last breakup candle low in the sequence. They've already run a test in the neighborhood. Well, so they're running another test. All depends on what chart, what time frame you're looking at gives you a different picture. That's why we have to look at a multitude of different charts, all time frames. What about Smash Mouth? It's all the same market. They bounced up today with everything else. They're comfortably below all the moving averages except the 200. The trend is your friend. If they're going to want to rally, they're going to want to back test that 100 period moving average. This chart is in a slightly different position than most everything else we looked at tonight. They already filled this gap up here the other day on Friday, or if they didn't, they came awfully close. Closing price 143.63, high on Friday 143.40. So they did not fill the gap. I stand corrected. 
Doesn't matter, we're splitting hairs over pennies. The concept is it's weak, and they're making a bearish, flaggish pattern until they're not. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.